0: Hey, it's Konzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast.
1: A production of John Bald Baldface Truth.
0: We've been talking a little bit and a lot about the business of sports. I say a little bit because we start off talking about... Why you don't feel connected to your NBA team. And we end up by the end of the segment talking about how the players treat it as a business. Uh, our next guest is known on Twitter as at Sports Tax He's the best. We've had him on before. Robert Riola is a CPA, director of sports and entertainment uh, at his firm, co-author of a book called Winning Tax Strategies for Athletes and Entertainers. You've uh, read him in Sports Illustrated as well. Robert Rayola. joining us. Uh, are you in New Jersey, New York? Where are you today? I am in New Jersey today. What exit?
2: And, um, exit 136 on the parkway.
0: Isn't that how you guys do it there? I got friends from Jersey. They always yeah. go, what exit?
2: It, it is, John. That's exactly how they do it.
0: Robert, give us an idea. What, how did you get into this, first of all? How did you become the sports tax man? You know, what, what fueled that interest?
2: Sure. Um, I, I'm an accountant, and we do people's tax returns and financial planning and tax planning as well. And back, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, uh, somebody dared me to get on Twitter, and I didn't have a handle. I didn't know how to tweet. So I said, okay. And then I said, I think I'm going to name myself Sports tax man. And that's what happened, and it's led to a lot of things. Matter of fact, today it led to an opportunity with. Uh, a Denver Broncos player that he found me on Twitter and we connected and we're going to work together.
0: It's interesting. So when athletes reach out to you, what are they looking for? What What goal do they have in getting with a CPA and, and trying to get some strategy together? Minimize taxes.
2: And make sure that you can comply with all the laws, but minimize taxes as much as possible.
0: Give us an idea of how athletes do that because... When Damian Lillard was looking to get out of Portland, it was interesting. Miami was where he wanted to go, and a lot of people said, well, maybe there's a reason he wants to go to Florida. Give us an idea of some of those strategies that athletes use and entertainers use to minimize their liability.
2: Sure. Um, The biggest area they can get in and and minimize taxes is around state income tax, like the receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs, he was on the Chiefs' Hill, He was going to go to the Jets until his mother pointed out the state tax rate in New Jersey. So he wound up with the Dolphins. So we always do that. And, John, we say the best gross deal may not be the best net deal because of the taxes. And we also discuss other ways of uh, sheltering some of the endorsement income by retirement plans. We also do that. And you're making a big mistake if you don't look at the net as opposed to the gross.
0: Robert Rayola, sports tax man, is our guest. Uh, The Portland Diamond Project wants to bring Major League Baseball to Portland. They've talked about a jock tax. They are proposing that uh, that would generate some revenue for the state of Oregon. Uh, We've heard about jock taxes in other states. Uh, When people throw that out there, Robert, what do they mean by jock tax? They mean the income tax that's... uh hits
2: players as they come through the state, like the basketball players as they come through to play the Trailblazers, they will pay tax. And the top rate in Oregon is 9.9%, which is pretty steep. The one state that's much higher than that is California, which is now 14.4%. That's right, 14.4%, which is absolutely ridiculous, but that's the rate they have. So there's several states that enforce these laws, New York, Ohio, Wisconsin, or different states, they capture the revenue from these non resident athletes who are coming through to play games. And you say, why do they bottle these guys? Easy to track, make a lot of money, and you get good revenue from it. So that's why all these states are doing this.
0: And so if you're Steph Curry, you're paying that 14% on your home games. Uh, when you're playing uh, the Warriors, you're 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 paying nine point nine percent when you play against the Trailblazers. Is he filing like 15 tax returns every year?
2: Very good, John. Yes, he is. He he would file a bunch of returns. Uh, you play here, you pay here. And he he's probably I would say he's probably a California resident, even though that stinks. That means he paid California tax on all his income. But it would kind of be hard to not be a California resident for him. But you can be like a, if you play for the San Francisco Giants or the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw. All these years, when he did his new contract, he got a big signing bonus. The reason why he got signing bonus, it was only taxable in Texas. And mm. Texas has no income tax, so he was able to pull the entire signing bonus out of the clause of California and not pay any California tax on the signing bonus.
0: I was going to ask you that because you see so many golfers. On the PGA Tour or LIV or whatever, who will say I live in Florida, and then you know they travel around. Does that work the same for golf? If you're playing in a tournament in California, are you paying California income tax? But your endorsement money—is it—is it your state of residence, or how does that work?
2: Yes, on both, John. Um, you are definitely paying California tax if you win or if you get any proceeds from the uh, the prizes when you're out of the California tournament. And, you know, this, this doesn't only happen to them. It happens to the golfers, tennis players. Um, it could happen to the employees of a company, but that's not as high profile, easy to track. The athletes are easy to track down, and these states are, go- are basking in the glory of getting this revenue from these athletes.
0: Yeah, I think you make a great point, Robert. Because the, it, it's not like they can hide from the schedule; it's right there online. Everybody knows that the Warriors played a game. You know, they know where they played last night. They know where they're playing on yep. Thursday night. You know, Friday night. Uh, easy to track. Robert Riola is a CPA. He's known as Sports Tax Man. Uh, name, Image, Likeness NIL has come up. Uh, I I heard about college kids Robert who cut NIL deals and then were shocked. Yeah, come January when they got 1099 forms for their NIL money. Um, what have you heard in that NIL space? What do athletes need to know about that income?
2: They need to know if you get this income without tax coming out, which is as long as they're uh, independent contractors, no tax will come out. You should be putting, depending on the amount that you're getting, you should be putting about 40% behind um, for for tax. I work with a kid who uh, plays college basketball, and he he's gotten about eight hundred thousand in uh, revenue NIL money. So we we knew how much he was getting. So we set aside the tax money so that he would have it come April. If they become employees, then they will have taxes come out of their paycheck. So uh, and they'll lose the ability to deduct agency. If, mm. if players are ind- independent contractors, these student athletes. They are allowed to deduct agent fees, which I think is pretty steep. But I think the athletes are in for a big surprise when they get that envelope and figure out what it really means.
0: Robert Rayola with us, uh, CPA, Director of Sports and Entertainment at PKF O'Connell Davies. Um, You know, you have to have a passion for sports. You seem to be interested in it, and you obviously – you go to school, you decide you're going to be a CPA – Yeah, was there a light bulb moment for you where you went, you know, I can put these two things together and it doesn't, you know, it feels like less of a job, or is it just an athlete one day uh, knocked on your door or picked up the phone?
2: Uh, Definitely not an athlete knocking on my door, picking up the phone, but I did have a big interest in sports, and if I had it to do over again, I probably would have gone to a school like Syracuse to be a sports broadcaster but maybe I didn't have a voice or a face for TV, and I didn't go that route. And I became a, a, an accountant, and it's worked out real well. And I was able to, very good, John, put the two things that I like a lot together and be able to help people and make a living at it.
0: Athletes and entertainers, when you deal with them, is one or the other more or less tuned in to kind of you know the CPA angle and the tax strategies or is it always case by case with an athlete and an entertainer?
2: Case by case, John. In each, you can't make a, a general statement for athletes or for entertainers. It's case by case situation.
0: Have you found that in more recent times, there's more awareness? More people are more. You've been at this a long time. That people are more tuned in than ever, or you know, is it still kind of hit and miss?
2: um the kids that are in college the students and athletes that's a definitely they're going to be like they said a big surprise when they find out how much they owe and hopefully they didn't spend the tax money but um it's definitely hit and miss some people the older they get the more into and they want to be i had a an athlete reach out to me and he wanted to know all the stuff that's on his, his tax return and how we could save him money so um it, it's definitely a hit and miss situation
0: what mistakes do you see athletes and entertainers making when it, as it pertains to just their finances and the business of, you know, you know, basketball player, Inc., or football player, Inc.? Uh, what mistakes do you see made?
2: Um, not a proper planning for the state income taxes. Not doing what Clayton Kershaw did for planning purposes. You can get a signing bonus in all sports except football because of the wording in the contracts, and you could not have to pay tax on it. That's huge. And you know 14%, percent is very high, and if you could do the planning, uh, it works out to be a big savings. And so, the, another thing that I, I've discovered over the years was Indiana has a uh, local tax. What what they do, and only Indiana can do this, they look at where somebody was a resident of on January 1st. So if you have a kid in the NFL draft who came out to play for the coach, Richardson, he he was a resident of somewhere else on January 1st. So the team took out all the taxes for the year, and he's going to get back a large sum of money, at least $100,000. That's often overlooked.
0: Interesting. Uh, and I also think, like, so are you telling me, let's just say I'm about to get a big signing bonus that I should be moving to a state that has no income tax, take the bonus, keep a residence there you know call it my primary residence is that is that what we need to do?
2: yes, but that means driver's license registered to vote all that sort of stuff but um, it's definitely good planning and again we get back to the the gross and the net and when you realize you get your paycheck you got one partner Uncle Sam you don't need another partner in the state tax you as well.
0: Robert Rayola with us at Sports Tax Man on Twitter. All right, private equity. I've been thinking about this. How do you think private equity can change college athletics, or how might it change college athletics? I think it's in your genre, and it's uh, got to be something that's being talked about.
2: Yes, um, they. I believe they, the private equity firm, has just purchased a large chunk of the Orioles. Uh, that was recently, within the last couple of weeks. Um, it, it could change the way these guys get paid and who knows, but two years from now, maybe we have them as employees. Not sure of that. But I think people with private equity, a lot of people don't have an idea what private equity is. My son works for a private equity firm and you know, he's educated me a little bit on what they do and why they do it. So um, I think that would be another bone for athletes if they could get these guys interested.
0: Robert, I really appreciate your time I encourage people to follow you at Man on Twitter. Uh, love that you did this interview. I think you still could say you're a broadcaster. You're doing interviews. And uh, just <laughs> just appreciate you, man. And, you know, give me an idea from your standpoint. You know, I'm interested in, like, college realignment in the conferences and what's going to happen to Oregon, Oregon State. As a, as a CPA who's a sports guy, what are you interested in? Like, what, what are you curious to see what happens in the next 6 to 12 months?
2: The way play, p- people get fined, you know, because fines used to be a tax deduction, it's not no longer. Back in 2017, Trump eliminated all unreimbursed employee business expenses, agent fee, conditioning costs, clubhouse dues, whatever else you have, he, he eliminated those. So you have to do some planning, otherwise you're going to wind up paying more tax than you otherwise would like to.
0: Love it. Robert Rayola, thank you, at Sports Taxman on Twitter. Appreciate you, man.
2: Thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate it.
0: You bet. There's Jersey. Jersey's out. Coming up. I love having those guests, by the way. I geek out on that stuff. It's, it's just like these little things that, uh, you know, I, I always say this show it has several aims. I would like to entertain you. I would like to inform you. I feel like I want you to leave the show smarter than when you arrived. I know that this show makes you better looking because I've seen you in public. But I I just think that a guest like that fills in a little bit of a blank. I don't know. I'm a little smarter after talking to Robert Riola. Coming up, our big splash. Leave it here. I think the best college basketball game I have seen all season happened on Friday night. Oregon State, UCLA. Four lead changes in uh, the final seven seconds of that game. The final quarter of that game was lights out. I don't know if you watched it, Stephen, but it was back and forth, and it was great basketball, and it was UCLA making shots. It was Oregon State making shots. Reagan Beers, the Oregon State center, was out, lost in the second quarter, got hit in the face by a UCLA player, and uh, it was uh, Talia Von Olhoffen, with a driving layup to take a lead with like four seconds left. And then UCLA comes back, hits a shot, leaves 1.1 on the clock. And then Von Ohoffen on the inbounds play lights out from the top of the key, three point shot. I mean, just nothing but net, great execution. It was, uh, the excitement was compounded by the fact that in women's college basketball, uh, in the uh, final minutes, you can advance the ball to midcourt. And it was just a wild ending. And uh, a wild ending with uh, Oregon State walking off a winner. And uh, such a great call. on uh, And Schatz had the call on the uh, Pac-12 network. And we've got Talia von Olhofen on today's show at 524. I want you here for it. She is one of the best stories in the state when we talk about college athletes. And Oregon State women's basketball, top ten program, lightning in a bottle. No doubt. Scott ruick has got it going. They're cooking. They've got some games left. And then the conference tournament in Vegas, March 6th through the 10th. This show will be there. We will be on site we will be broadcasting three to six while the basketball is going on. We'll have coaches and players joining the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be there for the men's tournament as well, live from Vegas. I'm going, you know, we're not just broadcasting because it's going to be really entertaining and exciting. It also is going to keep me off the craps table and off the blackjack table. And Steven, uh, wish you were there, man, but you'll be back in the studio. I'll double down. The problem for me
1: is I might not make it off the craps table or the blackjack <laughs> table, so like I can't, I can't go. I can't even risk it because I may not just make it to the games. Like, ah, John. I'm on a heater. I can't, I can't go to the, you know, the Oregon State Stanford first round game. I can't go there. You know, I gotta, I gotta ride this heater out. But yeah, no, it sounds like a great time. And, and Ve- <laughs> the thing about Vegas too, John, is they do it right. You know, like everything they do down there, they they do it right down there.
0: They do it right, and they also take your money. Um, Talia ben Olphen in the post game news conference. Did everything that the Trailblazers should be paying attention to when you talk about connecting with your fan base. She talked about the fans inside the arena, how special it was. I thought Oregon State's social media accounts did a nice job of showing the arena, the atmosphere. Um, listen to Talia in the post game here. Walk us through that last uh, play. It, it
1: looked like you guys were doomed. You get that extra second. Walk us through that last shot by you. Good Lord. Uh, we were trying to get the ball to TG. Lily was our first option on the first one. Um, so I trusted my teammates, but I knew if they helped, I'd be open. Um, and I ran it through my head, you know, it's... If they help and I'm open on the pop, just knock you down. And I tried to make plays all night and done that fourth quarter. I'm just so proud of how we stepped up on the boards um, with Ray going down. I mean, we competed with a top 10 team without Reagan Beers. Um, so the sky's the limit for this team. We are so good. Um, and we never give up, and that's who we are. Um, and I'm just so proud of this team, man. I'm so thankful for, for Beaver Nation uh, for showing up tonight and, and for sticking with us the last two years, man. I'm just, I'm so happy.
0: She was so happy, and somebody had handed her the giant O from OSU, and she was wearing it around her neck as Ann Schatz was interviewing her there on the postgame. I thought Ann was really good. I texted Ann and said, you were really good in the last couple of minutes of that game. As a broadcaster, she let the moment breathe but also spoke up when she needed to. Um, Here's the call. Lauren Betts hits a jump shot for UCLA. Great little shot. Seemed to be the game winner with 1.1 seconds to go to give UCLA a lead UCLA up by a point when uh, Talia von Ohlhofen took the ball with 1.1 seconds on the inbound and knocked it down. There she is, Betts, Betts, for the win!
1: Here we go. Now it's Hansford inbounding. Talia, for
0: the win! She's got it. She's got it. Long pause. She's got it. Disbelief. Really cool moment. Uh, brings us to our big splash, because that's not the big splash. That happened on Friday. Uh, the one thing you need to know today.
1: This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today.
0: Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The big The big splash.
2: Brought to you by Killer Burger, home of the Peanut Butter pickle Bacon Burger and voted best burger five years in a row. Killer Burger, the burgers your mama warned you about.
0: We got a little bit of drama in the NFL. Remember when Justin Fields unfollowed the Chicago Bears on Instagram? Well, the Bears quarterback said his decision was nothing more than him needing a break from social media. He cleared the air about not following the Bears and the NFL's account after it was discovered on Monday that the quarterback no longer followed his team on Instagram. He said, quote, Why do people take social media so seriously? Here he is, in his words. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's up with that?
2: Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it. Because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but, like, why, why are you don't follow the Bears? This and that. Like, I still mess with the Bears. This and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I follow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with them.
0: All right. I, uh, I'm not going to allow Justin Fields to get away with this. You know, the Bears have the number one pick in the April draft. They face a big decision at quarterback, and Justin Fields is showing his age here. He's 24, just completed his third season in Chicago. He has been the subject of debate for months. Should the Bears stick with him? Should they pick Caleb Williams, the consensus number one pick? And Justin Fields, you know better. You know better than being able to say, oh, I just needed a break from social media. Delete the app from your phone. Have the willpower not to open it unfollowing the Chicago Bears and the NFL, sends a message, a message that was received by the Bears fan base and the public. Um, the Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, he says, hey, you know, we are uh, considering all options. In the meantime, Justin Fields is here feeling the heat, and you just can't do that if you're the quarterback of the Bears, and you cannot compare it to being interested in a girl or a woman and, you are know, saying, oh, I'm unfollowing, but I'm still interested. No, you can't do that. You just know how it's going to be perceived. When Damian Lillard unfollowed the Blazers, it meant something. Well, you know, if Justin Herbert unfollowed the Chargers, it would mean something. Justin Fields, you know better. Doesn't he, Stephen?
1: I would think so, right? Like, I mean, you know, he is younger than I am, and he knows social media probably better than I do. So I would guess that he would know better. Like, he he should know that people are going to look into who he's following. And if you're not following the team, and it just seems like a real coincidence of a time, like, we're talking about Caleb Williams should be the number one pick. And then you all all of a sudden unfollow the Chicago Bears? Like, it's kind of a weird situation. I, I I think he's trying to backtrack it, and he's trying to sound like you know he's still all in with the Bears and trying to keep a good a good face. But it seems like he knows that he's probably not going to be with Chicago next season. He was uh, he was bitter about it. He was salty, and he unfollowed the team on Instagram. Like it makes a lot of sense of why he would do it. But now the fact that he's going back against it and saying no 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 is because I was going on vacation and I didn't want the NFL on my feet. That, just I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I'd be okay with him just saying, you know, just kind of avoiding the question at all costs, but he wants to, you know, go head on, and it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, look, I am, in the end, left thinking about the message it sends and Justin Fields' maturity. And if I'm the Chicago Bears, I pay attention to these things. I think it showed, at the very least, a lack of judgment and maturity on following the team. It's not like, you know, let's not say that's the reason why, they decide to go in another direction but it goes in his file you know it goes in Justin Fields file along with erratic play along with some questions about the bears and you know whether or not they've done enough around him all of this is in his file and in the end i kind of think it takes you about 3 years to know what you got when it comes to a quarterback i think the bears are at that point with Justin Fields and and he's saying he wants to stay there but he's unfollowing the team. I don't trust that, and I think in the end, if I'm the Bears, I am thinking quarterback at number one, and I'm thinking Caleb Williams. I think he's a better player, and I think you need a change. And And this isn't the reason. I've seen other things from fields that I just don't like. I just think Caleb Williams is a better player. Now, Caleb Williams doesn't want to go to Chicago, and he's postured that way. I don't know if he has a choice in the end, but um, I, I am left kind of looking at the Bears and going, this is why, and I said this off the top of the show, when the Blazers were humming in the Bob Witsit era where Paul Allen was writing blank checks and they had a saying around one center court, spam, they would say. The employees would say spam. Had the highest payroll in the NBA. Spam meant spending Paul Allen's money. That's what it meant. Pe- employees would be like, spam? At spending Paul Allen's money. And in the end... Um, You know, if you are the Chicago Bears, you're one of those teams that's perennially in the, you know, in the trouble spot. And it's sad because it used to be a really good team and a really good franchise. But, you know, I watch them play in a Super Bowl or two. But here they are now trying to make a decision at number one with a quarterback who's playing games on Instagram. Coming up, Punch It Audio, to Leah Von Olhoffen in the 5 o'clock hour. Anna will be along with the 5 at 5 as well we got a lot to talk about in hour number two, and that is ahead of us. Leave it right here. Get the BFT statewide on the Bald Faced Truth Radio Network. Punch- we interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Faced hey, Sorry Trump to interrupt the podcast, the but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Faced Truth Radio show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Faced Truth Radio show. Thanks for listening.